I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers that have been in the business for well over 25 years. And through this podcast, Digging Deep, because we've been in the field for so long, we're going to bring you our knowledge and our challenges. And our foibles and our stories. Anything that can help you and your family create these wonderful outdoor living environments. Yeah, take it from us. We've been through a lot. And now we are actually going through something that we've we've dealt with a little bit, but um, we are in an unprecedented time of drought. California's right. always seen drought, but it's bad now. In fact, um, today I was driving on the freeway and the big freeway light up signs that were saying extreme drought, um, you know, careful about your watering. So people, if you're still watering grass nonstop to make it green, I, I just don't understand that. We somehow in America, we take for granted our resources and this is one that's diminishing quickly. So Today, Michael and I want to give you alternatives to yes. us, right? In, in fact, when you were talking about driving down the freeway, it's really interesting. Um, in Sacramento, SMUD, uh, Sacramento Municipal um, Utilities District, um, their corporate headquarters, they've stopped watering their lawn. So they've got these big, gorgeous trees that they're probably deep watering and the lawn underneath it is all, it's dead, it's gone. So they're, they're following suit with everyone being asked to stop watering lawns. Right, um, especially, and I think it's gonna be mandated, is commercial property. So um, if you go to a commercial place and they've got this two foot wide strip that's 30 feet long and it's all full of grass, which is ridiculous because mowing it is ridiculous, um, I think they are having to stop that. Yes, yes, and and I live in Davis and Davis is now on the, um, you can water three days a week, um, they recommend 20 minutes a day, uh, 20 minutes at the uh, for length, but it's cut down to three days a week. And I think you're going to find, and then certain areas like in Southern California, they're even cutting it down to one day a week. Mm-hmm. So, and um, they're they're stopping the use of uh, allowing people to put lawns in. Um, it, it's getting pretty bad. Yes, it is. And so we want to tell you that there are great alternatives that actually look like lawns. And they are ground covers and uh, ground covers. um, So there's many different varieties. And of course, there are varieties that do well in shade, heart shade, full sun. So um, depending on what you have, the thing with ground covers. Now, there's also two different types as far as how they grow. There's a ground cover that has a central root and it spreads out. And there are ground covers, like let's say ground cover thyme, that has to creep along and keep putting down roots. So how you irrigate it is going to depend on what type of species that you choose. Absolutely. And, you know, for for those of you that, you know, we're going to be very basic. Let's take, for example, lawn. Lawn is a full sun ground cover. That's really all it is. It's uh, it's something to cover the ground that takes full sun and the, the advantage used to be that you could walk on it or play on it but in today's world but it took a tremendous amount of water to keep that looking green and keep that looking good as well as maintenance of being mowed once a week and fertilized and all of these things so what we're trying to tell you is is that 
uh, immediately people say, okay, get rid of lawns. Oh, I'm going to look at Mojave Desert. It's just going to be like the Mojave, the Sahara, just sand and bark and nothing. And what what Roberta and I are trying to tell you and what we're talking about is that there are alternatives that take a lot less water, that some of them are even a lot prettier than lawn because they flower, and they're a great alternative. Um, to the all-seeing, all-watering, all-maintenance lawn. Yes, and they also benefit the um, the healthy insects and the birds and the butterflies, which generally happens once you get rid of the lawn. Remember, lawns that get weed and feed and other chemicals, that all goes into our rivers eventually. It, you know, they, it washes out. So by having um, a an alternative, these ground covers, there's multiple levels of savings, you know, for the planet, for you, for the water, and so on. And so um, we're going to start naming, and we'll talk a little bit about um, some of the ground covers. I thought, Michael, we would start with shade ground covers. Perfect. Okay. So everybody loves the pictures of Ireland and Scotland with moss, Scotch moss, Irish moss, but... (laughs) It does take a lot of water and it is extremely finicky in our climate because in those areas that it grows really well, it's uh, they have a lot of fog and moist above ground, right? And then the ground is soaked under. So you could do it and do it between, let's say, papers, but I've never had really great results. How about you, Michael? No, no. The moss is, uh, you know, again, I I don't use it at all because exactly what Roberta said, even when we weren't in a drought, we don't have a situation where it it rains every single day or it's really foggy or really wet, even in and when there's a lot of humidity, so you get a lot of moisture. So I've never used the mosses. I've never had any luck. Yeah, me neither. But something that does work in a shady area, there are two. One, are baby tears and the others blue star creeper those do pretty yes. um the thing is when you plant a ground cover let's say you buy a flat or several six packs or little quartz um they don't all go in together they have to be spaced apart and until they grow in you're going to have to weed um in between so it doesn't roll out like a sawn uh, like, right. a, like a, and the baby tears is I will tell you the baby tears is wonderful in a very shaded environment. Um, that stuff will grow like a weed. You you put it in plugs, or again, if you buy it in flats, you cut it into like a two by two square, and then you just dig it in and plant it. And the truth is, in a very shaded environment, it does not like a lot of sun. It will grow beautifully and it's really nice in a small uh, mixed with things like asparagus ferns or liriope or anything it's a really pretty ground cover mm-hmm. or hostas just so you know if you buy a flat of a ground cover you're generally looking at 19 to 20 separate little plants right absolutely just keep that in mind um another plant that i absolutely love for shade and part shade not full sun um is a juga yes I think it's called bugleweed, right? The common name? Carpet bugle. And um, what I like about that is there's the regular azuga, but then if you if you go, well, it's too tall. The flowers are blue. It, they it truly are blue. There's one that's called chocolate chip, which the flowers are a lot smaller and the plant is a lot smaller, but that's a great, re, uh, I love that. That is a great stuff. I love that too. And, you know, if you interplant it, which you can with many of these ground covers, I interplant it with um, 
The common name is moneywort. It's Lysmachia pneumolaria, which is almost a chartreuse yellowy green. And when the two of them weave together in the spring, when the ajuga blooms, we've got like this burgundy color. If you go with the burgundy or variegated and the Lysmachia, up come these spears of purple flowers from the ajuga. And then it's surrounded by this bright yellow Lysmachia. It's fabulous. I mean, this is this, you know, there's always a silver lining to everything. And I think the drought is pushing people to look at alternatives. So we're going to give you a lot of ideas and hopefully you will take us up on them. And again, this is shade. Another really good shade plant is Vinca minor, a uh, periwinkle. Um, mm -hmm. the, the native for California actually is Vinca major, which has a much bigger leaf and it's very invasive, but they developed a hybrid called Vinca minor. The leaf is half the size. The size of it is a lot smaller. It's got a beautiful little purplish blue flower and it's beautiful because it can take filtered sunlight as well as deep shade. And the Vinca, I love Vinca. I mean, it's one of my favorite ground covers. Yeah, well, I like it because it can can be as dense as ivy, yes. but it doesn't have the problems ivy has. It's not so, you know, it doesn't get so high and so thick that, that first it's hard to get rid of. And second, you know, ivy, a lot of rats love to live in ivy. And it, that's not the case uh, with Vinca. It's just too tight. Right. And ivy tends to get very woody. So it's got a lot of stems so that the rats like to make nests in it. Whereas the vinca, the, the stems are very, very thin. So it's not a, it's not a home that a, a rat or, or uh, varmints will, will nest in there. I mean, that, that doesn't say you'll never see it, but for the most part, it's, it's not like an ivy. No. And if you are in a very shady area, there's a ground cover called Pachysandra. And Pachysandra, um, you really have to have shade. I think it grows better in the eastern states. Yes. But it's, a, it's a good ground cover and for under trees as well. And another ground cover that's great for, again, for shade, if you like variegated leaves and you want some interesting, is Lamium. I love that. Um, it, it comes in a variegated leaf. It, it comes in a pink. It also comes in a white flower. And the lamium is especially nice if you need something that trails. Um, I've had some really good luck with that. And, and that's beautiful stuff. Yeah. And it does come in different varieties. It, it also um, can take sun as well. Not full sun, but I was once um, in Spain and I was um, at the Alhambra Castle in Granada. And one bed, it was full sun, was full of lamium. And it was so beautiful. And they have these little bubble-like pink flowers. And um, check it out at your nursery because it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful um, ground cover as well. It gets a little puffier and higher than some of the others, but it, it's just great. Um, I'd say mondo grasses as well. Those are kind of shade part sun. Yes, that's a nice one. Um, it, it's kind of grassy. It grows in clumps. Um, it's really nice in kind of an Asian-inspired yard. Um, another one that I love, in fact, years ago, I used to, I, um, I started a business and we started propagating it because it grows so well, is something called glaucoma. Uh, gill over the hill, and it's considered back east a weed um, because it grows so invasive. And nowadays, most of the time, you can't find the green variety. You can find the variegated variety, and it, they use it for spillers, you know, kind of things that trail. But it's got a little purple flower, and again, it's glaucoma heteraceae, and it's a gill over the hill. But I will tell you, it grows fabulously 
in filtered sunlight or shade, and it and it really is a very unusual, especially the variegated. Have you used it before? I haven't. I, I don't really see it around. Oh, if you actually just just for your benefit, where you'll find it as at, at Green Acres, they have it in four inch containers and sometimes mm -hmm. pony packs. But it's it's um it looks a little like the lamium in terms of the variegation, but it's it's so vigorous and hardy. You will love it. Um, as I said years ago, we got a hold of some of the green and started cultivating it and selling it to clients. And one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's very, I mean, people will laugh. It's very invasive in the sense that you put it in the right environment in the shade and it grows and it and it and it's hardy enough that it will outcompete most weeds. So, but back East, they consider it, as I said, they call it ground ivy. It's not an ivy, it's gill over the hill. Uh, but they consider it an almost innoxious weed because it grows so well. Here, very few people saw uh, found it, and so I started growing it. But after a while, you know, that kind of petered out. So now the only time I see it is at the nursery in a variegated form. Okay. Well, I will look for it. I was at a nursery this morning, but um, I wasn't looking for that. Okay, so let's see. Um, Hostas, if you're lucky enough to be in a shady area that you don't have um, slugs, hostas, there's so many different varieties. They can also be ground covers as well. And um, now I say liriope. Some people say lirio. Right. But it's, um, it's actually in the same family as Mondo. Um, I can't pronounce this, O-P-H-I-O, something like that. But um, they have a large variety called Big Blue. They've got the variegated um, one I use a lot called Silvery Sunproof. And then there's the invasive one. I think it's called Silver Dragon. And yes. invasive is a, is a good word if you're looking for a ground cover. Right. It spreads a lot. I, I love the Liriope or Liriop. I also like there's another ground cover that you can mix in and it's Campanula. Um, it's the ground cover Campanula. Again, has a purplish blue flower and grows trails and grows beautifully. And what uh, Roberta was saying, which is really interesting, is some of the ground covers that we're going to be mentioning, you actually, you'll, you'll plant it. And as it trails along, it actually will develop roots along the trailers um, and those go into the ground so it keeps spreading. Whereas other ones... Um, that we're going to be mentioning, you buy it as a one gallon or a five gallon, and it just grows. It's like a shrub, and it just continues to grow a, along the ground and gets bigger and bigger till it reaches maximum, say, like three or four feet wide. And that doesn't actually, those branches don't root. They just cover. It's like almost like a canopy, like a like an umbrella over the soil, whereas things like um, the mundergrass, the liriope, the companion, they actually trail along the ground and then from the stems come little roots. Right. Uh, that's with baby tears, ajuga, uh, the lysmachia, ground cover thyme. Those those are the ones that, that you can't put a weed barrier underneath. And um, you either have to have drip sprays or some kind of overhead watering um, to keep them uh, creeping along. And you know what else um, is a wonderful full sun uh, ground cover are the different types of ice plants. Yes, yes. And they, too, will travel and set down roots as well. And ice plants, let me tell you, in the spring, it's like somebody plugged them in. Their colors are so vibrant. It's almost electric. It's just amazing. It's very funny because um, both of us grew up in Southern California. 
And that was, I would see that ice plant as a very prevalent, especially the different, the little dwarf varieties were, was all over the hillsides. They had a really good root system and they would plant it. It's fire retardant because there's a lot of Absolutely. moisture in the, in the, the ice plant leaves um, and it trailed. But it's funny, since I've come up to Northern California, I rarely ever see it used, you know, once in a while. But Southern California, was it was like a staple. It was like everywhere you went, especially in the valley, um, you'd see it on hillsides. Whereas in Northern California, I have to be honest with you, rarely do I ever see it used. So I use it quite a bit as a ground cover in the in because I do a lot of drought tolerant landscapes. And for ground covers, I'll use either the um, ice plant, which is the... Um, Delisperma cooperi, or I'll use gazania because those they spread as well. The um, the ice plant, the Delisperma cooperi, once it's established, it's a xeriscape plant. It could survive without water. It's an amazing plant. It does better with water, especially if you're getting going and uh, trying to plant it during the summer. You know, it's going to take some water to get along. But um, I I think it's wonderful. In fact, I'm um. I'm working on a plant list for um, a friend who has a big place in South Africa, and one big mound is all planted with ice plants. So um, I thought that, that was interesting. Well, Another uh, great ground cover for full sun. You know, we've, we've kind of left the shade, and now we're talking about full sun. And this is six to seven hours of full hot afternoon sun that a lot of things you put in the ground and are just going to shrivel up. But these ground covers thrive. The hotter it gets, the more sun it gets, the better they do. And one of the ones that comes to mind for me is Myoporum. It's, um, and there's a variety called Puda Creek. It is, uh, you plant it, um, it again trails, it does uh, root out, um, very drought tolerant, great for bank cover um, because it holds the soil. They developed it at UC Davis on the on the um, sides of the, the um, uh, banks of Puda Creek. That's where they came up with the variety because the ducks and the geese were, were killing all the plants and everything was eroding into Puda Creek. So they developed this this myoporum that is duck proof. The ducks don't like it, the geese don't like it. And it's dark green and it's got a little white flower. They also have a pink one, but the white flower is my favorite. And boy, let me tell you, it grows vigorously like a weed. Yeah, one plant could spread six feet. So that's another one that, that grows by the root. Um, if you're looking for really hardy, hardy ground covers, I want to mention Arctostaphylus, which is a type of ground cover. There's two different kinds of uh, ground cover, manzanitas. And there's also the junipers. Now, junipers make a, a carpet. They might come out from one root, but they could spread, again, six feet, sometimes 10 feet. I love using the icy blues. They're blue color. Yes. yes. They're fabulous. Um, you know, let, you plant with them. Right. Let me interrupt on that and, and say, if someone's listening and, and they hear the word juniper, the initial thing is you think about the junipers that, especially in Southern California, that used to grow along the freeways. They would get like six, eight feet tall. They're all woody. They're ugly. They're spiny. And the first reaction when you say juniper is, Whoa. but, but as, um, Roberta was saying the low growing junipers like the the conferta, which is the shore juniper, 
Oh my God, they are amazing. They cover, they are absolutely gorgeous. They're silver green. Um, they're, they're an amazing ground cover. And I've got in my front yard, I've got the shore juniper growing with the Poudre Creek. Um, and I'm letting them, it's like the battle of which one's going to grow better and which one's going to take over. And right now they're competing with each other. They're kind of growing into each other. But I will tell you, I've never been so impressed as the, the shore juniper as well as the myoporum. And as I said, mixing them together is just a really, it's a treat. Yeah, I and and again, like Michael said, um, they there's different colors that they come in. I use an all gold that's a golden color, the icy blue that's blue, the Wiltoni that's a green, the shore. I mean, there's all kinds. So check it out. Um, you know, another full sun. Well, actually, there's another full sun plant that I use very often, not very often, but often enough, which is Catoniaster. Do you ever use that? Once in a while, the only reason I stay away from it is a lot of the cotoneasters are deciduous. And so in the wintertime, they look kind of ratty. Well, they do. But there's one called Tiny Tim that's really teeny. And it stays mainly green. But um, in the winter, they have red berries. And in the spring, they have white little flowers. And um, that's lovely, too. Again, if you mix these, you know, if you do do a ground cover like a Tony Aster or, you know, one that's deciduous, if you have it mixed with the junipers and other things, you're um, you're covering yourself. And also, we haven't talked about this, but um, Onifera, your Mexican primroses. Oh, I love those. Yeah, the, the, they're beautiful. They come in a pink or a yellow. Right. I use the pink a lot. And you know what? I love using the Onothera, the pink Mexican primrose under roses that and mixed with Campanula, the ground cover. It's stunning. And they are vigorous growers. So um, keep that in mind. Also, Stachys, lamb's ear. Yeah. That's oh, lamb's, yeah, that's a really that's a really wonderful. If you like something that's kind of feels like velvet and it's a silver gray. There's another plant that used to be popular. I don't see a lot of it, but I had great luck with it. Prunella. Have you ever used that? I have, but it's not that available. I know. It's just it's really funny. It uh, used to be about six, seven years ago, um, you could get flats of it and everything. And it did really well because um, it sends up like a little teeny flower that almost looks like a snapdragon. But uh, on one stalk, there were like 10 little little snapdragon uh, pink flowers. And the prunella was great, especially in rock gardens and in drought tolerant landscapes. It was really nice to tuck in. I've almost not seen it again. Um, it's been like two or three years and I can't seem to find it anymore. I haven't, I haven't seen much of it either. Um, you know, speaking of rock gardens, and it doesn't just have to be in a rock garden, but there's so many different types of sedum, which are um, ground cover types, but sedums are, they're succulents, but they put themselves kind of all over my garden and I love them. Right now, one's blooming with tiny, teeny little yellow flowers and they just, they exist uh, you know, at will. They put themselves all over the place. So there's different, oh gosh, there's so many different types of sedum. I don't even want to go into it right now, but check it out because they also make a good ground cover. One ground cover that I use, I always forget about it. And then I remember, I think, oh, why didn't I use it? I don't know if you use this. It's called Serastigma. It's a type of plumbago, but not in the plumbago family. Have you ever used Serastigma? Oh, is it the dwarf um, plumbago? Yeah, but it's not really in that family, but they call it that. And it's it's a ground cover with blue flowers. And in, yes. the, in the fall, the leaves go red. Yes. 
If you were to play Slice Mafia, it would be fabulous. I like that, and and I actually put in my own garden, and I'm very pleased with it. Two different things um, I'm using as kind of a ground cover. One is the blue, the dwarf morning glory. The little bl- blue, it's it's low. It's it's got a little blue flower, and it's a low growing morning glory. Most people think of morning glory as weeds, but these have been developed as a ground cover. I love that because it has a really, really cool look to it, Um, as well as um, I also have to say, um, you know, that's a really, really nice touch um, because it's it's rare that you find blue. I know. I know. It is beautiful. I was just thinking about the little tiny blue flowers. Um, They're called um, myosotis, which the common name are forget-me-nots. Forget-me-nots, yes. They're and beautiful. those are, they like the shade. So that's a good one they, for them. They, they like the shade and, but they're just the sweetest things. I remember, um, and I know I've mentioned this before, um, a picture in England where this whole bed had uh, forget-me-nots, but they planted um, yellow tulip bulbs all through there. So in the spring, you had the powder blue flowers below, and then you had the yellow tulips above. It's just beautiful. Another uh, one gallon, you buy them in one gallons or four inch, that is a good ground cover is Nepeta. That's a really cool plant. And your cats will love it. It's catnip. It's catnip. And, <laughs> uh, or cat, right. And it's yep. got a purplish flower. It spreads. The first year, and here's something that um, you need to understand. The first year you'll plant a lot of these things and you'll notice, you know, they'll grow. They're not taking over and they're not covering everything with the exception of if you put the myoporum in that covers and takes over everything. But the first year... A lot of things will just slowly grow. By the second and third year, once they've established your root zone and a root system, they'll take off. And, oh, my God, you are going to be amazed how much they cover, how little weeding you have to do, how much, how little mulching you have to do, because the ground cover is just kind of spreading and covering the whole ground. Yes, but it also depends on how many cats you have. Yes. <laughs> so- my cats tend to wipe it out. They love to lay in it and they rub their faces in it. And so um, it is a great ground cover. But like I said, um, if you have cats like I do, they can they could do a number on it. It comes back. It's hardy, but um, they love that. You know, just- Which is funny because I was going to say, you know, but you, we talk about personal stories. I have the, the shore juniper, which I love in the front yard, and it's growing like like unbelievable. And it's gorgeous. I put some in the backyard, but I have two male dogs that pee on everything. And I will tell you, I'm slowly taking it out because it's not holding up to the dog urine. Um, It's turning yellow and brown and it's starting to die. So it's very interesting for those of you that have animals. Yes, there are certain ground covers that you can use that will thrive without the animal, but then you have to do a trial and error. There are certain ground covers you put in and they start off looking great. And after the dog finishes sitting on it or peeing on it or the cat, you know, uh, sleeps on it, they're not going to survive. Nobody likes to get peed on. Let's let's yeah. let's be frank about this. That's right. Well, Um, You know, there are many more. We don't have time to go into any of them, but we we are trying to impress you with the idea that there are alternatives to lawns that look green and flower. So I hope... hold the bank. And the one thing I will tell you is if you read something that says, you know, it spreads six feet, like 
let's take, for example, real quickly that that uh, Roberta said, like the juniper can spread up to six feet. That doesn't mean that when you plan it, you plant them six feet apart because you're going to be living with a lot of bare space. So if something grows to six feet, um, maybe you would plant them two feet apart, let them grow together. And if you have to do a little pruning, it's the same thing with like baby tears or creeping time. If you buy a flat, if it says it can spread up to like two or three feet, you want to plant them 12 inches on center because the idea is a lot of times I'll go buy landscapes that have been planted and you look at it and you go, yeah, in 20 years, it's going to look lush and beautiful but who's who's alive in 20 years so you want to you want to kind of cut the the ingredients and make it a little tighter and and lusher so that you're not waiting till you're in a home or or ready to sell before the landscape looks great i'm hoping to be alive in 20 years but you never know <laughs> yeah. all right well we hope that this has been helpful um like I said, we're in a very dire situation and it doesn't look like it's going to change much. Much We can only hope and pray that this winter um, we'll get more rain and snow in our area. We have snow in the mountains that trickle down. But um, there's a lot of areas, especially in the west here, that are also in dire need of water. So ground covers, just consider it. So Seriously, yes. Seriously. So... I'm Roberta Walker. I'm Michael Glassman, and we are Digging Deep. <laughs>